Welcome back, everybody, to the episode of the JC Was Podcast, part of the Off the Ball Network. This is episode 200, dedicated to the men and women that gave the ultimate sacrifice so you and I that live in the United States of America can live in a free country. And as always, thank you for listening and downloading another episode of the podcast. On today's episode, we talk a little bit about LeBron James and the NBA playoffs, Shannon Sharp. Man, he sure made a big, big mistake. And a little bit about Naomi Osaka withdrawing from the French Open. We'll begin today's show going down memory lane, kind of reliving and reminiscing a little bit about the journey to episode 200. I remember like it was yesterday. This is not just a joke. This is like real life. I remember like it was yesterday. I'm sitting in the same area that I'm sitting in right now at my kitchen table with my computer in front of me, about to record my very first podcast episode. I had no idea what I was doing. Yes, you can watch all the TV. You can listen to all the sports talk radio shows. You can listen to all the podcasts. But there's nothing like getting behind the mic, or even back at that time, using the headphones that came with the iPhone to record my very first podcast episode your boy had no idea what he was doing i mean if you go back listen to episode one i encourage you to do that just to see how far your boy has come it's been a long journey it's been an enjoyable journey had a chance to interview some amazing guests the first guest on the podcast episode number 14 it was titled special guest julia stevens comma jay's dad and at that time i wanted to have guests on but i said how about i have somebody on that I'm very comfortable with. I mean, I could have gone out and tried to send emails to all the big names of hot shots and get guests that I didn't know how to get them. I didn't know how to formulate an email. I didn't, not that type of email. I didn't know, I had no credibility. So me sending an email out, that's great, but who would want to talk to a guy that is just doing his first, second, 10th, or 20th show? But then, got my dad on, and I got a guy by the name of Chris LeBron on. And then a guy by the name of Connor Bergen on. And my buddy Garrett Grandy, who's been on a few times, so has Chris LeBron. we got to get Connor back on because he's really good as well. And we've been able to interview men such as Ian Eagle, Charlie Ward. Um, we got a co- uh, got an interview coming up with Coach Mosley, uh, East L.A. College, East Los Angeles College that was featured on Last Chance U. Yes, that's coming up down the road towards the end of the month. He will be here on the podcast as well. But then we've been able to talk about and really tackle some amazing sports topics. I started the the podcast May 12th, about a month and a half after that. The Toronto Raptors won their very first NBA championship. I remember the title of that show or something I've said during that show, the champs reside in Canada. And I remember that because of somebody on Facebook that came to me and said, hey man, I was at that parade. It was amazing. And those journeys now, we mean Super Bowl champions. Of course, Tom Brady won one, Alabama won one. I think um, LSU won one. Joey Burrow had that phenomenal college football season. We had a shutdown with the COVID, and the show kept on going on. We kept getting guests. That was actually during the time period that I got Iron, that Iron Eagle came on the podcast. He had no travel, he was free. And him and I sat down on a Saturday morning, and he said, Jay, no timetable. Go as long as you would like. And here I am. I said, are you sure? He said, Jay, go as long as you would like. 
And I really appreciated that. Went a little over an hour interviewing him. Shortly before that, interviewed Greg Doyle, formerly of, this, of CBS Sports com currently at the Indianapolis Star got to interview someone that I look up to in Greg Reichstraw here in Indianapolis someone that calls just about everything when I say just about everything he does Colts he does some stuff for soccer he does a plethora of high school sports the football the basketball the baseball the softball um he does high school soccer he does volleyball I mean he just did stuff for the Indy 500 as well I mean tweeting lap by lap really just keeping fans at home that weren't watching just up to date with what's going on at the track. And there's so much that goes into the show. So many connections that have been made. Jeff Hunt and the other great gentlemen at the Off the Ball Network. Josh Lozano, who another gentleman that I need to get back on the podcast. Just going from episode one to episode 200. It's a journey that when I started, I knew it would be fun. But I had no idea what was going to happen next. This is not the stop, the ending point. This is kind of just like a stop along the way. More just a dot on the journey of what the podcast is now and how good or how great it will be down the road. Let's go and take a trip to Los Angeles, California. Because I remember a comment people made about LeBron James last year during the NBA bubble. And that thought's on my mind. And I think people saying that They were more prisoners of the moment than being factual about the journey LeBron's team took last year to win the NBA championship. Think back to last season. Last year, that is. The NBA shut down or suspended the season March 12th or March 13th. I forget the exact date. Rudy Gobert had a positive test come back. He was positive for the Rona, COVID, let's be specific, and the NBA said, we don't know what this is, we're going to shut things down, and nobody really knew when the NBA would really come back, but as I went back and watched Last Chance U, before interviewing Coach Mosley, that interview was already recorded, already done, it will be, like I said, that'll be featured later in the month. So as I was thinking back and I was watching that show there and they made a comment and one of the coaches, I think it was Coach Rob at East LA College, he said, oh, they'll have a, they'll have probably, they probably won't have a handle on this thing until May. And that was at the beginning of March when he said that on the show um, when they were documenting that, that team and that season that East LA had, 29-1, and they had a really good shot of winning the state championship there at the JUCO level. Coach Rob there, he made a comment saying, well, they'll have a good handle on this thing around May. I mean, I, I was trying to be as optimistic as possible and saying, oh, yeah, they'll have a good handle on it. They'll figure it out. They'll make it make sense. I mean, yeah, I mean, now, you know, March, something new. But you you kind of expect with the medical doctors, with the expertise, with the knowledge that people have now, you almost expect for them to be able to get a handle on something new very, very quickly. They did kind of. But what they didn't know was how quickly this thing would spread. When you shut things down, okay, you have sick people on top of sick people on top of sick people. And the people on the news kept saying, well, if you feel sick, go get tested, go get tested. And the test and the positive cases skyrocketed. More tests, I think. No verbatim, no no act, no data. But I think there were probably more tests last year that were um, given to sick people than normal because of what the news was saying about this virus and in the meantime I gotta say all that to say this in the meantime 
people were wondering when the NBA was going to come back and people were talking about the journey that LeBron was going to have to possibly win the championship in that year. I mean, it was common. It's kind of, I won't say expected, but it was kind of expected that LeBron, the Lakers, Anthony Davis, uh, JaVale McGee, oh, who else did they have? They had some other player. Uh, some, Dwight Howard got a ring. Let that sink in. Dwight Howard got a ring. JaVale McGee got his third, going for his fourth right now this year, back on a team he used to play with the Nuggets. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to get off, go off on a tangent, but I'm still baffled. And I, I know that JaVale McGee had the rings with the Warriors. I knew he got the ring last year with the Lakers, but it's still JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee. I mean, think about it. I'm not trying to knock him. He, he's a good player, and he has a place on an NBA team, on an NBA roster. But from what we see on the television and Shaqton a fool and all that stuff where he was featured there so often, JaVale McGee is a three-time, possibly could get his fourth NBA championship this year. I don't think it'll happen this year, but I'm not going to say no because crazier things have happened. But that Laker team last year, they were kind of, they were very much expected expected to win the NBA championship, which they did. And I remember last year during the bubble, people in the NBA bubble when the playoffs started said, oh, this is probably going to be the hardest NBA championship for anybody out there to win it because of what they've gone through with the COVID. I'm not trying to say that they're, I'm using that voice for a reason because people are so caught in the moment, preachers of the moment, and they're saying, oh, no, well, if somebody wins a championship this year, this will be the hardest thing in NBA history. Everything's the hardest in history. This player's the best of all time. It's the hardest in history. And sometimes I think people get caught up and become prisoners of the moment and simply forget to stop, sit back, relax, and realize there's more to what's going on or anything in life than what's right in front of you at that time. Yes, I do believe that last year with the stoppage and then ramping back up again, I think the NBA did a phenomenal job once they did start back up to get a, to get a few scrimmages. I think there were four four scrimmage get four scrimmages to get players kind of warmed back up to NBA game speed, and then the resuming of the regular season when the NBA said, "Hey, we're going to play these games." Yeah, I know some of you are already in the playoffs. We're going to play these games. So you're not jumping in, going to playoff caliber, playoff uh, physicality right away. We're going to try to slow down and kind of ramp this thing up just a tad. I like that. But people, I'm reminded of people saying that if LeBron James or whoever wins the NBA championship, if they win the championship this year, it will, it will be the hardest thing they have ever done in their life. It'll be the hardest thing anybody has ever done to date. And I, I'm going to say, yeah, okay, cool. People said that last year. But might I remind you, LeBron made a comment. I'm just making a comment of what LeBron said. LeBron, when he came back from 3-1, he said that made him the greatest of all time. To me, I don't think that feat does it. I mean, there's other things that I think can knock LeBron James from being the best of all time. But that's LeBron and how he views that accomplishment, that right there made me, the, made me the best of all time. Okay, cool, LeBron. That's how you view yourself. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, not that this year's championship will be the hardest. I don't want to go that far. But if LeBron James and the Lakers this year can end up going and winning a championship amidst the injury that LeBron James has a high ankle sprain, which you can tell right now, 36-year-old body, that injury, when it takes a, quite a long time to c- get over and to 
get past that injury, he might, and like you said, he may not be what he ever was again, or he may never be 100%, because that injury is no joke. That injury, you've seen him play the basketball. You see how, you know how LeBron normally paces himself. It's a little bit harder to pace yourself when you're having to deal with what LeBron is dealing with right now. So LeBron's injury, 36 years old, the team that he has, I mean, who does LeBron rely on to get some points with Anthony Davis? I believe Anthony Davis is out for Game 5. This is being recorded before Game 5, so I am not sure what's going to happen. I know the series is tied 2-2. I know the Suns are the two seed, and the Suns, honestly, they are five-point favorites tonight. This is, um, this is, I'm looking at the score app, and I don't know what sports book they utilize right now, but they are five-point favorites. Um... Money line minus 210 for the Suns. I mean, the Suns are probably going to win this series. So if you think about LeBron's injury, if you think about the new cast members of the Lakers that are on this year's team versus last year's team, if you think about Anthony Davis, who people keep wanting to say, Anthony Davis, all that talent, you are an all-timer. If you watch Anthony Davis play, now I'm not going to knock his style. I'm not knocking that at all. His style is his style, and that's how he wants to play the basketball. But if you watch Anthony Davis play the basketball, does he look like an all-time great to you? Does he look like look like somebody that you can rely on in crunch time to score the basketball or to make the right play at the right time? No, he doesn't. As talented as he is, I think his makeup, mentality, and his makeup as a player is not what people expected it to be the way that the expectations were you see immense talent you see somebody that has a skill set that is rarely seen oh man this guy as talented as he is he should be an all-timer and you know what i recently heard someone say a smart man actually ended up saying this is something that i i've been thinking for a while Uh, i don't know if i said it here on the podcast anthony anthony davis might be more of a two than a one we saw what Anthony Davis did down in New Orleans when he was the one. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Now, granted, he it was him down there with DeMarcus Cousins, and, well, who was the one there? Who was the two? You can debate that yourself. But once Boogie left, even when Boogie was there, they weren't going on deep playoff runs. They, were, they weren't even really making the playoffs. Anthony Davis, all that talent, it's really hesitant. It's going to make me pause and hesitate to say he is the one. He can be a one. Now, you saw what happened last year. He's the two. LeBron's the one. The pressure's off of AD. Anthony Davis in a press conference. He has LeBron James right next to him. LeBron, who has been in numerous press conferences, has been around numerous arenas, has been in numerous adverse situations, has answered numerous questions after a win and after a loss as well. He can defer to LeBron in a press conference. He can defer to LeBron in the, in the basketball game. But one thing you know about AD is you only rely on him for certain things on the court. But even at that time, he's more of a two than a one. People said last year, last year's championship was the hardest thing LeBron has done. I even heard people say, this can be the hardest championship LeBron will ever win in his lifetime. Guys, this is one thing I, one thing I understand about hyperbole, but I truly, truly think the hyperbole needs to stop Hit timeout, hit the pause button. Not so fast, my friend. Had that thing yell back at you. Hyperbole is great. Not really. I'm not a a big fan of it at all. I think hyperbole has its 
doesn't have its place. Sorry. I keep trying to put it in here and be a, and be kind of, you know, the nice guy. You know, the guy that says, oh, it's perfect. There's a, you can include everything. No, hyperbole to me, it's annoying. It's one of my pet peeves. What the statement that people made last year, if they could take that back, they could, they probably would. Because this year's championship, if LeBron and the Lakers, who I don't think will, will win, I don't know if they'll get past the second round. I don't know if they'll get out of the first round. But if they somehow wind up winning the championship, which is a long shot, but it is LeBron James. And as we had last year, David Shepard of CBS Sports on last year, he made a comment, which is true. One team has LeBron James, the other does not. If the team that has LeBron James and LeBron James has an out-of-body moment numerous times throughout the rest of the playoffs and somehow wills and guides his team to an NBA championship, I will say this year's championship, winning this was harder than last year's. Yeah, I know what I said earlier about making statements like that, but that one, I totally think with the injury history, the injuries that are on the team right now, the way the team has looked, that path to get there, yeah, 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 this one will probably be harder. A couple weeks ago, I ended up downloading an app on my phone called Secure Speak. And in this app, it has a built-in way, very, very easy to use, that allows you to record a phone call. They have instructions inside of the app that let you know if you're calling somebody, you can um, do a three-way call, merge that call, of course, let them know you're recording the phone call, and then keep going. Now, they do say when you're doing this, I don't know, highly, I don't really recommend this, um, unless you're going to tell the person you're recording the phone call really, really early on, as soon as they pick up the phone, they say that when you, you first call their line, and then you end up merging lines, and so... Whenever you call your buddy or the person you're talking to that you're already recording the phone call when they pick up. I suggest this is this is just me personally for legal reasons. You end up you end up recording the phone call after you get that person's verbal consent to do so. But of course, you may want to have that thing recorded. So it's up to you to do that. But in this app, it's, like, it's very easy. And I wasn't sure I was talking to uh, Philip Jordan, uh, host of the Philip Jordan podcast. And I was saying, hey, man, uh, he was trying to help me with, with uh, getting some guests on the podcast. He's like, yeah, some of the guys that I have on, they want to have a recorded phone call. They don't want to do the, the Zoom or the video, do things over the computer. They're old school. They want to just record a phone call. So I didn't know he used Skype to record phone calls. I was just going to use this, have my voice recorded over phone and then theirs and then download it, um, transfer to an MP3, so be it. And it's easy. In this app also, it has, I go to the set, open the app, it go to the settings, and then it has phone recording laws. And in this phone recording law section here on the app, it has all party consent states and it has those listed. One party consent states and it has those listed. There are more one party consent states than all party consent states. One state that's in the all party consent states, it is the state of California, which is where the Fox Sports Studios are. And this is where Undisputed with Skipton Shannon is recorded every single day. And I bring all that up to say this. Last week, Shannon Sharp, honestly, it was brilliant, brilliant TV for him to do that. 
But Shannon Sharp, you got Shannon Sharp on one side of the of the table, and you have Skip Bayless on the other side of the table. And they were talking about the Julio Jones saga. Where will Julio Jones go? Will he leave Atlanta? What will he do? I think there was a time uh, somebody on Twitter saw Julio Jones wearing a Cowboys hoodie, and they said, hey, hey Dallas Cowboy fans, I got him. Where he's, he's coming to our team. And people on the Twitter went a little crazy. Then Julio Jones got a call from Shannon Sharp, and Shannon Sharp ended up, Ended up doing the whole Shannon Sharp thing. Ask him right there live on the TV. And it was on speaker right there live on the TV. Hey, Julio, are you staying in Atlanta or are you going to leave? Julio says, oh, I'm gone. I, not word for word what either person says, but you get the gist. Julio Jones said he's gone. I think it was a question asked about him going to the Cowboys as well. And he said he wants to go to a winner. And that was what he said. <laughs> Shannon Sharp makes jokes about that. Two skip bills right there in front of him. And in the midst of the phone call, Miss Jenny Jenny Taft, the moderator there for the show, she said, hey, make sure he knows we're live on air. Shannon Sharp didn't say that till the very, very end. But then actually, before the phone call was ended, Shannon Sharp said, hey, man, we're live on air. Thank you for thank you for calling me back. He opened the phone call, said, hey, man, it's your favorite uncle. You know Shannon Sharp. All these young cats, receivers, tight ends, they do love Shannon Sharp. He does a phenomenal job of connecting with the younger generation with what he is doing now and the television side. But also, he's able to really be as a former pro and former, I mean, really a former pro bowler um, and all the phenomenal things he has done, he did in the NFL. He has a connection with these young men that a lot of people, media members, former athletes, even some coaches aren't able to make. Many people, and I didn't watch this show live. Honestly, I don't watch really any debate show live. I remember when Around the Horn and PTI came out early 2000s, maybe like 03 or 04 or was when those shows came out. And those shows were amazing. Those were shows that myself, I used to go home after school and turn those things on at 5 o'clock and get Around the Horn. At 5, you would get PTI at 5.30. And those two shows together, those were phenomenal. I really enjoyed those. The Tony Kornheiser, Mike Wilbon, I had no idea who those guys were at the time. They had been around for a while. Phenomenal journalist. And they made after school watching of the ESPN before SportsCenter must-see TV. Around the Horde, that's the first time I got my first introduction to people like Sarah Spain. Now, this is a little bit later than this time period that I'm talking about now at the introduction of the show. But Sarah Spain got on that show. Um, 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 Tim Callishaw, Woody Page, Bomani Jones, Michael Smith, Jamel Hill. Some of you may like, some of you may dislike. But Around the Horde, a lot of people just like them to get their feet wet at the ESPN on this show that aired every day at 5 o'clock. So that around the horn at 5, 5.30 was PTI. And I think even still to this day, those shows are still at the same time slot. Those were the, those were the debate shows, but they were enjoyable to watch. Cold Pizza happened, I think, I want to say, was it Jay Crawford? Back when he was at ESPN, I think he's now working for a, working in Cleveland at a TV station. Jay, Craw- Jay Crawford hosted that. I know Stephen A. Spitz was on there with some other people as well. And then you had the first take with with Stephen A. and Skip. And I might, I, I know I'll keep keep going, but I'm going to say this: first take was a whole lot better with Stephen A. Skip Bayless and Kerry Champion. I think that dynamic, this is not a knock against Molly Karam, Molly Karam Rose. I think she does a phenomenal job. I think that Max Kellerman is good in certain areas of broadcasting. I think Stephen A is good 
but he's an acquired taste. I think that show was better when you had Carrie Champion and you had Skip Bayless. Now, Carrie Champion went to Sports Center, then now she's doing some stuff now with Jamel Hill. Skip Bayless went off to Fox. I mean, he got paid and <laughs> money talks. But that show, those shows, those debate shows were fun. Now, today's de- debate shows, eh, getting tired of them. Really, really tired of them. Not as enjoyable as they once were. As enjoyable and as fun as it was to watch Shannon Sharp. Now, I didn't watch this live. Like I said, I don't really watch debate shows now. To me, they're played out. They're annoying. They're boring. I'd rather listen to a sports talk radio show where they're debating, and it's two guys that, at the end of the day, even though they disagree, you know for a fact, while listening to that conversation, they're going to go out and have fun or enjoy each other's company after the show. Shannon Sharp possibly made a big, big mistake. I know it's a possibility of Fox getting a lawsuit, getting in trouble for Shannon Sharp not saying that the call was live early on. Um, there's a possibility that Julio Jones knew the call was live before he picked up the phone. But also, I want to say this. People were saying, oh, maybe he was on speakerphone. That was planned. How were they able to hear him so loudly? A speakerphone on an iPhone is loud. Shannon Sharp did not move that phone very, very far from his microphone on his coat. So it was very, very easy for you and I to hear, no matter if you watched it live or if you watched the video after the fact. But Shannon Sharp, as clever as he is, it was even a more clever move to call Julio Jones right there on the TV and make that much see must see TV and even be something that'll help them get more views on the YouTube and maybe boost their ratings at a temporary basis. Something that's not temporary, but it's permanent. Naomi Osaka, the number two seed in the French Open on the women's side, withdrew from the tournament. Last week, I want to say it was Thursday or Friday, it came out that Naomi Osaka was withdrawing from talking to the media. There were some things there that she says, no, I don't want to talk to the media right now. And she had some reasons for that. And then many people are out there saying, why aren't you talking to the media? You are contractually obligated to do so. And there were some differences between the individual sport, the tennis, versus the team sports that most of us are used to. And you say the NBA or the NFL, the two most popular sports in the, NF- in the U.S. of A. In those sports, the players are literally contractually obligated to talk to the media. Now, who, is, who it is is a different per game and uh, per match or per practice, but you are contractually obligated to talk to the media. And so we're used to, if LeBron doesn't talk to the media, oh, he might get fined. Or um, if so-and-so, let's just say somebody else, if Anthony Davis doesn't talk to the media, another leader on the team, he might get in trouble. Or if Russell Westbrook doesn't want to, he might get in trouble. Everyone remembers Marshawn Lynch. Or if you don't, Marshawn Lynch would... Dodge the media. Now, he would go. He would go. But he had his own special way of hashtag beast mode after every single question or, you know, saying certain things during press conferences. So he didn't have to do press conferences. And I understand. You don't want to talk talk to the media. They want to ask you some questions you might not want to answer. So instead of just dodging it and getting fined, you show up. You answer questions in your own special way. You give them nothing with your response and go on about your day. One thing about tennis, now I don't, I don't know if it's the same for golf or other single, independent, non-team sports. But for tennis, it's not something that, or even like race car driving, motorsports. We talked to somebody about motorsports here in a couple of days here on the podcast. Phenomenal guest. You don't want to miss it. 
And I don't know about the other individual sports, but in tennis, with the French Open running the tournament, it's their rules. They set the guidelines, and the participants, the athletes, have to follow them. Well, in the French Open, if you don't participate and talk to the media and you dodge press conferences, what, what, what can happen? They can fine you. They can also disqualify you. So Naomi Osaka at the time, she did, she said no press conferences and people were really, really up in arms saying, no, you're wrong. You didn't talk to the media. It's your job. Um, those are uh, not educated on the situation. They were saying, oh, you're, you're obligated. You're contractually obligated to do so, which is so far from the truth. And then I believe it was Sunday came out that Naomi Osaka, or maybe it was Monday, she withdrew for mental health reasons. And in a time period we live in now where so many people, when they hear mental health, they are either coming to the aid of the individual that is call, calling for mental health and say, saying the mental health is not the best at that time, or people hear mental health and immediately tune people out and say they're mentally weak, they're not as strong as they thought, and they need to just toughen up and suck it up, buttercup, as some people would say. Naomi Osaka called for mental health, and a lot of people that were saying you're obligated, contractually obligated to do so, they were out here saying, well, um, I understand what you're doing. I understand why you're making this move, and it makes sense. I, did, I am wrong for the way that I responded when I heard about you not talking via the press co- to the press conferences because of the cause or the reason why you were stating that you are not going to talk to them. Go to her Twitter page. Um, she made a phenomenal uh, post there discussing why she was a drawing for the tournament. And instead of doing it and being disqualified, she withdrew herself. It's unfortunate, unfortunate that this is the backlash and this is the way people responded. Even there are probably some negative comments after she called negative for mental health, not negative health, mental health for being the reason that she ends up not playing this year's French Open. But it makes sense. Athletes are human. Athletes have a lot going on. And in the day when social media is so strong and has such an influence on us on a day-to-day basis, I'm not upset. I'm not mad at her. Take care of yourself. Get back. And when you come back, Miss Osaka, we look forward to you dominating, literally dominating the women's field in tennis. Thank you guys so much for listening and downloading another episode of the J. Stevens Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. You can also send all of your emails to jstevenspod at gmail.com. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that are searching for a new podcast to listen to to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are almost willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this was your first episode or if you have been listening since episode number one, be sure to let people know about the podcast. This has been episode 200. Yes, 200 of the Jason's Podcast. I will see you next time. <laughs>